0: Welcome to Starkville Church of God. This is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, strengthens you, and fills you with God's love so you can share with others. Enjoy the message. Take your Bibles with me. Turn to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 10. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 10 is where we're going to go this morning read through verse 17 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 10 just want to invite you as you're finding that thank you so much for being here thank you for being here at at nine o'clock don't forget it. Was, I know it was in the video but it, it never fails. It can be in a video. It can be on every social media platform we have. We can announce it from the pulpit. And there's always somebody that will say, I didn't even know that was happening. So don't forget that we go to summer schedule starting um, next Sunday, one service. You know, uh, we had a council meeting this past week and uh, one of the members expressed really what was on my heart and we were all in agreement. I think that Nine and eleven is is our future to be able to grow, to be able to expand. And I, I look for us and, and as I said last week to all of you that have been here, I don't know what we have this Sunday, but so in the four Sundays so far, we've not had less than I think sixty-three people in the nine a.m. service, and that shows me that. Uh, You know, a lot of people enjoy just coming on. Some people are morning people. They like to get up and they like to go. And and I truly believe that's our future. So this summer, of course, we know what's coming up. A lot of students go home. A lot of people go on vacation. And I want you to. I encourage you. Go on. Everybody needs a vacation. Come on, somebody say amen. Everybody be traveling, so we'll go to one service. But I fully expect... The first Sunday of August we'll go back to two services so stick with us through the one service throughout the summer I believe we'll go back then and one of the things that I'm trying to do I mentioned that uh, because we are having our graduate recognition service and this word that I'm bringing this morning kind of leans on that I believe it's for everybody uh, but just to let you know kind of some of the things that we did last week we did the baby dedication at the very beginning we'll do the graduate recognition at the very beginning of the eleven so if you want to come to the nine go to Sunday school and you want to come and you want to catch that graduate recognition and then you want to slip out, you can do that because it's going to be at the very beginning. Same thing we did with the baby dedication along with our first Wednesday night. Now, of course, summer is summer, but we'll have that. This coming up Wednesday night, and in the fall again, we plan to start that, to have first Wednesday night. It'll be, it's a service. Come on, look at the person beside you, say, it's a service. We're going to have worship, we're going to have the Word, we're going to have communion. And so, and I promise you, I'm going to try my best to get you out of here, just like we do on Wednesdays anyway, get you out of here in an hour, because you got work and you got school and everything. So I want you to be a part of that on the first Wednesdays. I'm thankful for what God's doing in our church, though. Amen. I'm thankful for what God has been doing. Y'all are still a little sleepy. Anybody awake? Come on, say amen. (laughs) There we go. 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting verse 10. I'm reading from the NIV this morning. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra? the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Now, that's rough there, isn't it? Uh, I'm on, I, I, y'all, I don't know about y'all. That's rough to me. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Verse 13, while evil men and imposters will go from bad to worse, Deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I want to speak to you on this thought this morning. Know the Word. Believe the Word. Use the Word. Would you stretch your hands and this way and pray for me as I do the same for you. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for the giving. Thank you for everything that has transpired so far here today. Lord, I just pray, God, for every person under the sound of my voice that you'd open their hearts, minds, and spirits. I pray that they would be, as the parable you told Jesus, talking about your word, Lord, that they would be the good ground that the seed of the word of God would fall on, and the, Lord, your word would produce a hundredfold harvest in the name of Jesus Christ. Christ. Now, I pray that you'd help me today. Use me as a vessel, God. I'm an earthen vessel, Lord. I can do nothing on my own, but I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. So, I ask you, Lord, to help me and anoint me. Give me the clarity of thought and speech that is so necessary today, Lord. Just do a great and a mighty work, and everything that is done, we'll be careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody in the house said, amen. Before you Seat to turn around to three or four people, give them a fist bump, a high five, and say, I'm glad to see you this morning at the 9 a.m. service. So we read here in the book of 2 Timothy, we realize that Paul is coming to the end of his earthly journey. Paul was that super apostle, as some would say. He was that one that that preached the gospel over most of the known world at the time. He was that one that would go on to write two-thirds of the books of the New Testament. But Paul realized something. Paul realized that his time was coming to a close. And he's writing here to his son, Timothy, his son in the faith, Timothy, giving him some things that he believes was important for his life as Paul knows he's about to go on to be with the Lord soon. Paul reminds Timothy of the way that Paul had lived his life as an example. He reminded him of the persecutions, the sufferings, things that had happened in places, Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, He even told him, as I read earlier a couple of times, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Unfortunately, all of us at some time in our life, according to Scripture, if we want to live a godly life, we will find ourselves in some sort of persecution. Paul then commends Timothy for his faithfulness. Paul then begins to talk to his son in the faith and commend him for the good things that he has done. And I want to point out three instructions that Paul gives Timothy concerning the Word of God. First of all, he says you need to know the Word. Everybody say know the Word. In verse 15, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. You see, this is both a commendation and a reminder. It's a commendation in the fact that he says that Timothy has known the Scriptures since infancy. Now, somebody has to get the credit for that as we were able to stand here last Sunday morning and dedicate five beautiful babies back to the Lord, I reminded the parents and us as a church that actually that's not a salvific act for the children, but it's really more of an act of dedication of the parents. Because when they are young, when they are growing, it takes somebody else to get the Scripture and the Word in them. And Timothy owes this. We find that when we study deeper into it, we find that it is owed to a faithful mother and a faithful grandmother. I thank God for parents that made me go to church. I thank God for parents who taught me the Word of God. I thank God for parents that were, that were willing to go against the grain and go against what society said and make sure that I knew the Word of God. Can I just tell you this morning, it is a parents' and the grandparents' responsibility to instill the Scriptures in their children and their grandchildren. You see, these little babies need to grow up knowing what the Word of God says. These babies need to grow up hearing the Word of God read to them. These babies need to grow up hearing the Word of God spoken over them into their lives. Our teenagers need to hear the Word of God spoken over them. Our teenagers teenagers need to be in the Word of God. And we need to make sure that we are getting the Scriptures in them. Make them grow up in church the statistics are pretty clear. The older an individual gets. Now, of course, I'm not taking anything away from God. You all know that I believe God can do anything. And I have seen it. I've seen God take people in their 70s and save them. But statistics are pretty clear that most like, the most likely time for a person to start following the Lord is during their childhood. You find, it, you find that it is the most likely time for a, for a young man or a young woman to start following the Lord is in their childhood. And the older they get, the less likely they are to turn to the Lord. That's why it's important that, we, that our kids are cutting their teeth on the back of church pews, as we used to say. That's why it's important that our kids are are coming to church, that our kids are a part of children's church, that our kids are a part of youth camps. It's important because here Paul is saying, Timothy, you've got some good things going for you. You know the Word, and you've known it since infancy, and I can't even give you all the credit for that because part of it is your mama and your grandmama. See, but no matter how much we know the Word, we must continue to study it. See, Paul wasn't, he was not just saying, hey, you know, you got it all together. Don't even worry about it anymore. Because no matter how much we know it, we must continue to study it. In fact, Joshua 1 and 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all That is written therein. For thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then shalt have good success. Psalm 1 and 2 says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. You see, we must continue to read, listen to, and study the Word of God. No matter how old we become, no matter how many times we've read it, no matter how much we have studied it, can I tell you, we must never stop reading and studying the Word of God. Timothy is here. Paul is saying, Timothy, you have known the Word since infancy, but don't stop now. I'm certainly not the smartest person in the room. I know that very well. I do have maybe perhaps more in in biblical teaching because of the nature of my degree, classes that I took at Lee University. But you know what? I still read the Word, and no matter how many times I have read it, and no matter how many times I have studied it, there are still new things that will pop out to me. Every time I read it, I will come across something, and I'm like, I know I have read that at least 20 times, and I never saw that before. Paul is telling Timothy, you've known this thing since you were a baby before you could ever read it yourself. Your mama and your grandma was reading it to you and over you, but don't you stop studying it now. Paul is encouraging Timothy to know and study the word to be guarded against the last day deception. And oh my aren't we there? Aren't we there folks? If we're not careful, if we're not careful and we're not staying in this book, you know what's going to happen? We're going to hear the noise around us more than what we hear this book. If you want to not be deceived in the last days, like the Bible clearly says will happen, if you don't want to fall into a trap and into a snare of believing the lies of the enemy, then we're going to have to stay in this book because the TV is going to lie to you and social media is going to lie to you and the enemy's in control of all of those things. And if we don't stay in this book that never changes, we too can be deceived. Secondly, in my three points, Paul tells Timothy, believe the Word. Look back at the second part of verse 15. Which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All, verse 16, first part of verse 16, all Scripture is God-breathed. Believe the Word. You see, you must believe the Word for it to take effect in your life. I want to tell you something. I don't want, to, I don't want anybody to get mad at me, but I want, I want you to hear me out. There's something about this book, and, and there's some people that they want to try to use this book as like a lucky charm. Come on, somebody. You know, they, they want to try to use this paper. Ba- this, this leather-bound paper book as a lucky charm. They just want to wave it at somebody. They, they just want to try to use it like it's some kind of, uh, of magical medallion or some kind of magical piece. Can I tell you something that this book, and don't get mad at me, this book in its leather-bound paper form is really useless like this if it just stays like this. This book itself, it's not going to do hardly anything. It can sit on your coffee table and collect dust. It can sit on your shelf and never be used and never have any power and never have any effect. But you must get this inside of you. I must have it inside of me. Can I tell you that the devil, I don't care how many horror movies you want to watch, the devil is not scared of this leather-bound paper book in and of itself right here. But when he does get scared, it's when you and me as believers get it on the inside of us and begin to believe what it says and to begin to declare out of our mouths what the book said. It is then and there that the enemy then becomes afraid. Matthew 13, 58, talking about Jesus, says this, and he, talking about Jesus there, did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Y'all have read that before. Look, y'all are the 9 a.m. service. I know you've read that. He could, Jesus himself did not many work, mighty works there because the people wouldn't believe it. Can I tell you, having it in this book form is not much, and even just even just reading it's not, you've got to believe this thing. Listen, I've read all kinds of books. There's a book back there, I think it's still back there on that shelf behind Lee that goes to that Behringer X32 mixer. It's about that thick. And it's a bunch of goobly-gop in there if you don't know what it's talking about. But can I tell you, this right here is not any more than the goobly-gop of an X32 mixer unless you get this in your heart and you believe what it says is true. Hebrews 4 and 2, for we also have have had the gospel preached to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard it did not Combine it with faith. It's got to be more than just head knowledge. It's got to be heart knowledge, and you've got to believe what the thing says. You must believe that the Bible is the Word of God. That's why we read the very first part of chapter 16. All Scripture is god breathe. You see, God, that breathe, the breath, is just what you see in the very beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, when it said the Spirit of the Lord moved or hovered on the face of the water. That pneuma, the Spirit of God, it was the breath of the Word of God. We believe that the Spirit of God moved on those men of old as they wrote the Scripture. I don't have a whole lot of time, but let me just remind you what we believe that we believe in our denomination of the Church of God. We believe in our doctrine. We believe in the verbal inspiration of the Bible. You say, what in the world does that mean? It means that we believe that the scripture was God breathed and God moved on those men, and they wrote, not as a possessed robot. In fact, when you read and you study this, you can find, you can find the books that Paul wrote, and you find. The characteristics of the writings of Paul. When you read the book of Luke and the book of Acts, you find the difference in the physician Luke of how he wrote and his style. God didn't just turn them into mindless possessed people, and their hands just went to going like they're possessed. No, God. Bre- Matthew five eighteen says this. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter. Not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. You see, I still believe that what the Word says in the book of John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I still believe in the Word of God, that it is God-breathed, that it is the inspired, eternal Word of God. I still believe Matthew 24 and 35 that says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Can I tell you about this? book. Armies have burned it. Governments have forbidden it. Humanists have tried to explain it away. Evolutionists have tried to discredit it. Cultists have tried to distort it. Satan has tried to steal it. Revolutions have tried to overthrow it. Pagans have tried to replace it. Theorists have had tried to twist it. Liberal theologists have tried to water it down. And feminists have tried to question it. Judges have outlawed it. Lawyers have deliberated it. And kings have ruled against it. But in spite of every effort to keep this book quiet, the Bible still maintains its title as the bestseller of all time. The Bible still changes more lives than clinical psychiatry. The Bible still pronounces more judgments than the judicial system. The Bible still prophesies the overthrowing of governments and kings. The Bible still holds the secrets of the universe. The Bible still reveals the true explanation for the existence of man. The Bible, written by 40 different authors in a 1,500-year span still holds its title as the most amazing piece of literature in history. You see, I still believe that the Bible is more than just a book. It is more than, it's bread to those that are hungry. It's light to those in darkness. It's strength to the weak. It's hope to those into despair. It's comfort to the weary. And it is a compass to those who are lost. It is a companion to the lonely. It's an answer to the confused. It's a lighthouse to the shipwrecked. It's a staff to the weary shepherd. I tell you one more time, heaven and earth will pass away, but the Word of God will never pass away, and I will continue, no matter what goes on in this world, to make this book my foundation. Somebody give God praise if you believe it. Thirdly and finally, Paul exhorts Timothy to use the Word. Verse 16, all scriptures God breathe and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. It is useful then, now, and always for teaching gospel instruction. Why do we still come? Doesn't it seem kind of Seems, some way seems antiquated, doesn't it? As far as we've come and all. Sometimes it seems like, how do we come? How do we come here? And we still, you know, we we change some stuff up. The music's a little bit different. We've gone from, you know, primitive instruments to electronic instruments and percussion instruments. And we've gone to you know, like gas lanterns and, 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 and wood or coal-burning stoves to central heat and air and, and electrical lighting and gone from even the, the incandescent lighting to LED lighting and all of this kind of stuff. But here we still are, and we come to something here, and we come to this place where we still sit and we still listen to preaching and teaching. Why? Because the Bible said it will never go out of style. It's always going to be useful for teaching. It's also going to be teaching, rebuking, exposing error. Now I know people listen. People have never really liked to be corrected. Come on, somebody. Nobody ever. And I'm mean, listen. I. You know, growing up, you hear, and I don't think my parents ever really said it to me a whole lot, so I, I can't blame them. They'll be here in the next service, so i got to be careful about saying it for sure. I don't, I don't think they were ever ones, but you've heard those that said, you know, they get ready to spank their kids, and oh, it's going to hurt me a lot worse than it hurts you. <laughs> Listen, I, you know, my girls have been good girls. I haven't had to spank them a lot, but no time that I have spanked them that it ever hurt me worse than it hurt them. Why? Because there's a correction there. I'm thankful I did get whoopings. I'm thankful that to still live and I've still been able to, you know, when my again, my my girls have been good girls. I don't have to that haven't had to that often, but still every once in a while everybody needs some correction. But nobody really likes correction, has never really liked correction. It's always hurt the one that is getting corrected worse than the one that is doing the correcting, but it is still necessary. And this word is for correcting. Now, I want you to listen to me because I want you to understand this as we continue to go forward, as the church continues to grow. I think after over two years now that you know my heart and you've seen me. But I want you to continue to hear me that we must, no matter what we change, service times or any of that kind of stuff, no matter what of that stuff we change, we're not ever going to change this and that this is necessary to address the things that are going on in the world. This book, this book is what we use. There are times that we must rebuke, we must expose error, we must correct wrong behaviors. I can't, just, I can't just go on and just overlook some of the things that the world is saying is okay nowadays. Man, y'all are quiet. I believe that this book is still useful for rebuking, exposing error, and correcting, redirecting those wrong behaviors and saying, hey, God loves you. He loves you so much he sent his only son to the world. He loves you so much that he gave us his word that will correct us when we are on a wrong path. And it's my duty and my responsibility to tell you God loves you. But if what you are doing and how you are living is against this book, you are wrong, listen to this book and let it correct your ways. And training in righteousness Nurturing believers in holiness. You see, because even us church people still, I sang it a couple weeks ago, we still fit into that whole category of he's still working on me. We must be trained in righteousness. We must still allow this word No matter how long we've been living for the Lord, there still should be times where this word pricks us and this word moves on us and it instructs us in the way that we need to live righteously and wholly before God. Stand with me, if you will, please, this morning. Finally, verse 17. So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The result of the word application is that the godly person, the Greek is gender inclusive. Now don't misunderstand me. We took a stand at the General Assembly as far as how we address the Lord, but this is addressing us. And when you look at the Greek, it is gender inclusive. It means so that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work In other words, this word will help every godly man and every godly woman meet all the demands of Christian life and ministry. In other words, there's nothing in your life that you'll face that this word cannot help you through. Now, I know all the specifics of every detail of every person's life may not be in there. But I will tell you that for everything you face, there is a principle. Come on, somebody. There is a principle in here somewhere. And you don't even really have to go back too far most of the time. But if you're facing something and you need an answer, if you get into this book, there is a principle and a guidance in here that will tell you what you need to know. So here's here's what I want to challenge you with before we leave. We've still got it's just now ten o'clock. I want to challenge you with this. Will you know the word? Will you believe the word? Will you use the word? I still believe that scripture is central. I will not ever come to the place where I say that this is not central. This is central to our faith. This is central to our existence. This is central to our work with the Lord. So here's my challenge to you here in this nine o'clock service. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I want the Word of God, I want it to remain central in my life, I want it to remain central in my church. And maybe for some of y'all, a lot of you here in this service, maybe part of what I preached about, maybe you fall into that mother, grandmother, father, grandfather, uncle, somebody that helped teach Timothy from infancy. Now, what I want to ask you here is this altar call today in this nine o'clock service. Will you say, I want to recommit myself to the word of God. I want to recommit myself God's Holy Word, to living by it, to teaching it, to making sure that it is central to my life, to my family, and to my church. Thanks for listening to our podcast. To find out more about us, follow us on social media at C O G. Special thanks to those who generously support this ministry. If you would like to give, visit us at StarkvilleCOG.com forward slash give. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.